and welcome to Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Hey, sisters. It's a very exciting special week. Is it? Yes. Taylor, you know why. It's, um, oh, because it's, it's a week where mom has all her birthdays? It's mom's birthday week. Yay. Yeah. Happy birthday, Mother Collective. That's yeah, right. She, she did it. She has birthdays. Multiples. Multiples. Both birthdays. Just a few. Just one or two. Yeah. Or three. Uh, We have, I think actually mom mentioned this story in the past on our bonus Bonus episode episode. last year, but I don't think we've actually told it on the show proper. Our mother has several birthdays. Three. Three. It's unclear when her real birthday is. Well, she always thought it was the 20th of February. And then... She, her dad picked her up on this, her 16th birthday, got her license, and she sa- and he said, uh, your birth certificate says your birthday isn't until the 21st. And then for some reason, one of her mom's friends said that she was born the same day as her son or something, and he was born on the 19th. Yeah. So, so her, her parents insisted it was the 20th, her birth certificate says the 21st, and there were, the only witness insists it was the 19th. Mm-hmm. Well, so. <laughs> We live in the age of alternative facts. These things are, are can all be true and in the same universe and all negate each other. <laughs> Every day this week we say, it is mom's birthday. It has always been mom's birthday. <laughs> I had friends over last night, the night of the 19th, and I said, guys, it's technically my mom's birthday at midnight tonight. And I was like, just tell her happy birthday when you see her because she'll be really happy that everyone knows that this is also one of her birthdays. So every, literally every time one of my friends saw her, even if it was multiple times this morning, it was happy birthday, happy birthday. It was like 30 times today she was told happy birthday. So I think, I think we're good. Yeah, I just, I just start saying it like, you know, just around the 15th and just keep going until maybe like the, the 28th, just so you get the whole window in there. <laughs> I see. I was all over this. I win because we had mom over for dinner last night and we got her sushi. And we baked her a cake and Charlie decorated it and it was adorable. And we got presents. And then I texted her this morning and said, happy second birthday. (laughs) Man, you're the best daughter. That's right. You two lose. I don't think it's a competition for our mother's birthday, Sydney. You don't have to make everything a competition. (laughs) Everything's a competition and I win it. (laughs) Well, I still live with them, so I think I win. I mean, ah. no, if anything, Riley, because see, my, see my thing day. is I am not in the same state as my mother. So it's, it's harder for me to spend time with her on a birthday. But you live in her house. Why didn't you win the prize? Mm. Mm. I, there's no prize to win. It's our mother's birthday. <laughs> the fact that you all think it's a competition just means you both lose. No, it, well. there is. There's an actual prize. There's a trophy. Have you never received the best daughter trophy? Okay, can we just well, get on to the topic we're doing today, guys? I've of course had not, a, Tay. I, we just, I, I guess we do it. just kind of trade it back and forth. No, that's not true. <laughs> I know there's not a trophy. It's not a competition. It's our mom's <laughs> birthday. Uh, but we, we do wish you a wonderfully happy birthday, Mom, also known as Mother Collective. Yeah. And... We, I thought we should do an episode in her honor, not on birthdays, because what's that? But on <laughs> we actually did that episode. We already so. did that. That who would do that? Us anyway. <laughs> no. Uh, what does mom love? Well, many things. Me, mainly. her birthday. Me above all, but also okay. <laughs> she loves horoscopes. 
Yeah. And tarot cards. And tarot cards. Zodiac all around. All things all things future predicting. Yeah. And that she actually suggested that. She said, you know, for my birthday, you should talk about horoscopes. And I thought, well, I don't know that we could do a whole show on horoscopes. But then when I started thinking about it, in your teenage years, I feel like you use a lot of different... I, I'm not saying that they're not real. I'm saying questionably scientific modalities to predict the future. Mm-hmm. How about that? Yeah. Questionably scientific. Okay. Because I don't know. There are many things I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows what's real anymore? <laughs> <laughs> now in the year 2017, I don't. I don't know anymore. So, uh, but mom, mom is a big fan, as as she has probably mentioned and and posted in the Facebook group as well of the zodiac and she can tell a lot about you by your horoscope so this will be in her honor yeah how about that we can start with our horoscopes i am an aries that's why i'm in charge of everything so there you go Uh, i'm a virgo yeah do you have Um, any comment on what that i think that means uh i'm very logical and very shy and very quiet and um very uh like analytical which I think is fair. Mm. Hey. Well, I'm a Capricorn. I think that just means I'm really boring and good at math. I don't think Mom that's Mom calls it. Capricorns happy cappies. I know she says that, but then anyone that has actually read what a Capricorn is, it's not a happy sign. <laughs> well, and don't you like money or something? I do. I, I like <laughs> money and like earthly possessions. And I do like money. That part is definitely See, I right. I like money. Hi, my name's Taylor Small. You know what I like? Money. <laughs> I've seen that about Virgos too, though, that they like like worldly things, like material goods. Well, are you, is... No, I don't know. Because uh, Capricorn's an earth sign, so I always figured that was it. It's like, yeah, I like stuff, because the earth is stuff. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Capricorn's an earth sign. Virgo's an earth sign. Are, are you guys both earth? I oh, thought... Yeah. Oh, okay. Virgo's okay. an earth sign. I'm a fire sign. Wow. Uh-huh. Yes, you are. That's Mom always likes to tell me that I'm the youngest sign and I'm like a baby. Yeah. Because yeah, there's I something like if you work your way through the zodiac or something. Yeah. I think Virgos are like like 60-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, you're towards the you're towards the end. You're supposed to be from a zodiac perspective much more mature than me, Tay. And you're in the middle there, Rila. Yeah. I am the most mm-hmm. mature smile sister. Hmm. Ah. <laughs> well, but mom understands so says the all this. stars. Mom understands all this because she is a Pisces yes. who is very uh, right. intuitive and empathetic mm-hmm. and wise. Yes. These are all the things I know now about <laughs> the Zodiac. <laughs> That's a Gemini. I don't know what that means. He's funny. <laughs> <laughs> He's a fun guy. <laughs> I, I don't yeah there that's I don't know he likes that joke I what I know about when I think about my teenage years I I did I think it when you're searching for things that help you understand who you are the when you first learn about the existence of zodiac signs and you start to learn about yourself there's oh, like there's good and bad things about every sign and so there's good things there's a list of some good things about you and you can read it and go oh yeah those are good things. I think it's really nice. I think we, we like to define ourselves a lot in our teen years. And I think it's a nice mm-hmm. starting point. Like, oh, here's a whole list of things about me and that I can tell people about and I can connect to and I can explore and understand. 
the other thing I really liked about it is mom had a book about sexual astrology. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, here's all the stuff you're into based on your sign. (laughs) And it was really descriptive. Very. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to be very descriptive. I I won't be. Uh, It would not be appropriate for this podcast, but I I just, I, I like that I think this is, the first time I'm hearing Sydney that you also secreted that book away and read it with your friends because I did so like we were both doing it oh yeah yeah no we did and I mean there were things that's the thing so it it told you like what your turn-ons were based on your sign what Mm. things you weren't into Mm. and then who you would be a good match with Mm. and then like kind of describe that matchup what it would be Mm. like and so there were so many different opportunities to talk about like sexual interests and uh. <laughs> and like practices and things accessories anyway it was very descriptive <laughs> i learned so much Highly from that book yes i didn't know there were things that i would read about and then go i don't know what that object is what can we and this was before uh, google what? right like i couldn't google it like when i brought it probably was google time but i didn't know how to yeah, do that anyway it was google time <laughs> it was google time. Anyway, it was early into google time i didn't have a device in my hand that i could be like what are i can't even say i can't say because yeah. this podcast yeah, is too g-rated for that <laughs> anyway sexual astrology mom still has that book by the way i've seen it well, I've never read it. Yeah. I don't have any interest. <laughs> You're missing out on a rite of passage. Have you have your friends over for a sleepover and get the get, get the giggles on with that silly book? That silly book. Now, trust me, you could be very popular among your friends with that book. Or you could just like look it up on the internet. Is that available on the internet? I am sure it is somewhere. <laughs> the the danger though is that. Well, well, that book that book is pretty intense, but the, the internet does not have any any safety net. So once you are searching for information about sexual astrology on the internet, you can yeah. end up in some very dark places, far more dangerous than printed words on paper. <laughs> That's a very good point, and with pictures on the internet. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. still yeah, there were no pictures in this book. Oh, that's probably good. Mm-hmm. Your your descriptions of it are enough. <laughs> they were enough. They were quite enough. Uh, <laughs> It, it's funny thinking back, um, you know, it's a normal teenage thing, I think, to rebel against your parents in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have pretty chill parents, especially mom being like a cool, like into all this cool stuff like astrology and like, yeah, it was, I, I think in, in like some really ridiculous act of rebellion, I took an astro- astronomy class in high school and I remember doing a whole PowerPoint presentation on why astrology doesn't actually exist. <laughs> like, oh, no. I know. Like, how all this stuff you? about how the stars had moved, so they didn't even align properly anymore. But also, like, the, you know, gravitational pull of the planets don't make sense. You know, they're, 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 there's a bigger gravitational pull from, you know, a tree that may or may not be outside of your hospital room on the day you're born than on than from Neptune. Like all this stuff, this PowerPoint is completely like <laughs> digging at astrology. Think back like, man, I was a jerk. <laughs> I can't believe you did that, Tay. Yeah. I know. You yucked mom's yum. <laughs> How could you? I, 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 I performed um. my PowerPoint at like astro- astronomy night at my high school. I, I don't think she was there, though. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Um, 
but it wasn't just, I mean, because mom got really into it. And so as a result, we knew a lot more about, like, I remember her doing our nativities. And so she could tell you more about yourself based on the sun and the moon and then where other planets were. And so it like, I mean, there are very, there are several different like variations of your zodiac sign. Like your moon sign, I think is the one that is the most common one. Like you find by just your birthday. But then if you look at like another thing, you get like your Venus sign and your sun and your rising and something. And those all describe different aspects of your personality. Whereas the moon is kind of like the overall the yeah. other ones described like specific parts. Yeah, I, I don't, I obviously don't know how it all works, but I know mm-hmm. mom does because she used to draw up nativity charts that mm-hmm. were very complex that would tell you all those extra things about your personality yeah. specific. And then, uh, it, and that was obviously much more complex than what I was referencing a lot of time, which were, you know, Teen and Seventeen magazine commonly right. had horoscopes. <laughs> See, I, I asked mom about horoscopes and she says she doesn't believe that the like the day-to-day ones like today's horoscope or like this week's horoscope are accurate but she believes that like the overall personality descriptions and character traits are what zodiacs determine mm-hmm. like she doesn't think that just because you're a virgo means you're gonna have an awful week and if you're a capricorn you're gonna have a great week like i think i think yeah i also think that's kind of a little wild yeah i mean you have to imagine that if you are basing this on the position of celestial bodies and various <laughs> gravitational forces and whatnot that pinpointing day to day yeah what kind of like not just not just how your mood's gonna be or like how what's you going behave. to happen to you exactly i mean then yeah. we're getting into kind of predicting the future yeah which i don't know how even if you accept it as a science i don't know how it, it how it informs the future like that you know although there were a lot of ways uh, i tried to predict the future in like middle school with all those all those games uh had you had mash you know, yeah, where you're going to live in a mansion or an apartment or a shack or a De- house. Describe. Now, I know what MASH is because we used to do MASH back when I was younger, too. Mm-hmm. Describe MASH for those for the uninitiated you, and not the not the best television show that's ever existed. <laughs> MASH, because I could tell you about that. I own two different copies of the entire series of MASH. <laughs> so because one isn't enough. Um, I think you have seven is that, names. Is that right? Or five? Are we still talking about the TV show? I was talking about the game. Oh, you okay. asked me to describe the game. <laughs> Sorry, I just really want to talk about the TV show. Is, is that like like you want to know like the, the the possessions you grab if your house was on fire? Sydney's just got mash under one arm and mash under the other. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably don't get, worry. Justin has the baby. <laughs> probably get my moonlight and martini set, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what, tell us about mash the game Riley. i was trying to ask for you a need a piece of notebook paper yeah. and a pen yeah or and pencil. like you write five five names i think like five names of boys and five careers or girls or, or boys yeah. or girls yeah it was always my group of you know a bunch of like 12 year old girls it was always boys mm-hmm. but boys or girls or whatever um five careers yes and five numbers for numbers of kids Right? Yeah. And, and then, five pets? Yeah. And then there had to be a place where it was like you're going to live in, like you weren't going to have a home or you're going to live in like a regular house. That's mansion, or you're gonna mansion. Apartment, shack, or house. That's what MASH stands for. Oh. And then like you, and then. Oh, yeah. I don't think I realized that. Yeah. And then like you do oh. the spiral and someone draws a spiral and you tell them when to stop and how many rings you made on the spiral is how many numbers you can't buy. 
So like you just go down the list of all the things you've written and like if you spiral at seven, then every seventh one you cross out until you get one left in every category. It's very time consuming. It is very time consuming. That's, I like the, 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 the inclusion of the pet. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Who you might end up with or how many kids you might have. That's something you might want to know about your future. But like, will I have a dog? I also always remember like having the, like the first two written down, like cat, dog, what fish iguana chameleon <laughs> another well, dog and i also love i love how like it's the future is out of our hands as all of our destiny is on this sheet of paper and we don't i'm a teenager i don't know how to obtain a cat like maybe i won't be able to <laughs> i need someone to tell me that i'm going to have a cat and one day it will just happen i don't know how to how do people get things how do you get home how do you get jobs how do you get a career <laughs> I want spouse. How does one get spouse? <laughs> what do you do with that piece of paper? Like, let's say that does predict the future. You just carry it around and hand it to people. Um, I carried mine around in my diary you, for a while. Do, will you be the one to do this? Do you do you take care of this information? <laughs> Who do I hand this into? I also always remember getting really upset when, like, you'd put down the names of, like, five people that you really liked. But, like, you really liked, like, two of them or one of them. But then their name would get crossed off first. And you're like this is wrong. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> like you get stuck with the shack and you're having 10 <laughs> kids and you get a pet like chameleon. And why'd you even put chameleon on there? Because you have to come up with five why animals. You do have to like cat, dog and fish. <laughs> I don't have anything against them. It's just like, you could have had a cat. <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's the good thing is I don't think there's anything binding about it. Like, I don't think you have to have that. To put a down payment on a house, it's like, wait a second, I need to see your mass sheet. I need to have written proof that you're entitled to this house. <laughs> nope, you got the shack. Sorry. That would, I go know, the, that's what I'm imagining. Like, shack. <laughs> you just have to carry this through your whole life. And, like, you, like, what if I had gone to, I went to college, I went to med school, I did my residency, and, like, I apply for my first, like, position, like, as a paid physician. And they're like, well, this all looks to be in order, but, um, we seem to be missing your mash sheet. Uh, did it? Did you in fact have physicians circled? Oh, you. Oh, you didn't. Mm. Mm, this is princess. Oh. Mm. <laughs> I'm very sorry. It looks like you're going to have to be a uh, ballerina. Um, I'd recommend you get to work on that <laughs> because you've never tried to do that. <laughs> I remember uh, playing during the computer lab time uh, Barbie Mash, which was like an uh, just basically mash the the paper game except with with like perfect Barbies that you could change their hair color from like blonde to brown or red I think, and then <laughs> like a computerized version. Yeah, like a computerized version, like on the computer. Yes, <laughs> um, <laughs> but <laughs> I didn't know you were like we're playing Barbie Mash. I have my suitcase of Barbies. <laughs> No, um, but you could go on the computer and like type in your name and change your characters, like hair color and eye color, and then type in the names of the five people and like design their characters and then pick your pets and make your house. And then it would spin it for you and like produce this little like family photo of you with your, your spouse and your children and your animal and your house of choice <laughs> and i think like if you're like a like there are only a few professions you could choose but like if you're a doctor you're like a white coat on or like if you're a ballerina you had a tutu on right obviously things like that 
I like that the game didn't change at all. There's no update in like no. how we predict the future. It's just now we do it on a computer. Now we have visuals. It's the same thing. Just yeah. now it's on a computer. Yeah. That's that's it. And Barbie's involved. And Barbie's involved. I really, really want to find this game at some point and just see. I just want to see because I guess I, I don't really have to worry or think about what my future will be because I guess this is it. I guess I have a future now, a minute, right? You're living, you're living it <laughs> in the future. I just, I just want to see how far off I am from my Barbie mash. Uh, it's probably there. still online somewhere. <laughs> Do you think they ever fit? Like, I wonder if they found a way to monetize that. Mash? Well, like, if you're like Barbie mash, like, was there a way to make money off of that? Because otherwise, it's just like a passion project. Like, I just always loved doing mash as a kid. And now I've found a way to share mash with the masses. Well, it was like on one of those Barbie websites. <laughs> that had like a bunch of Barbie mini games. And oh, one of them was mash. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. There are a lot of options. There's like Barbie mash. There was like, you could design like, there was a Barbie movie about the 12 dancing princesses. And you could like play a game with the 12 princesses. There's like a lot of Barbie things going on from all of her movies. And for some reason, MASH was also one of those options. Most importantly, predi- predicting the future. Yes. One of Barbie's skills. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing I remember doing when I was younger, not really younger, just like probably middle school age, like 12 or 13. Um, whenever I would have a babysitter come over, because for some reason I was still having a babysitter when i was in like middle school so like i still had her come over even though she was like just a high schooler but she would show me how to make cootie catchers like the things that you put on your hands and like go back and forth and like pick a color and pick a number yeah. and yeah. you open one up and some of them predicted the future and then some of them just said like random things or you could make like truth or dare ones so you yeah. could open up a certain thing and then it would be a truth or a dare I could never make one right, but she made them for mm-hmm. me. I never knew how to make them either. I remember I remember the ones that predicted the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, but they were all the same. You, you pick the number first, you do that, and then you pick a color, and then you spell out the name of the, the color. The name of the color. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But those are, I mean, obviously very important ways of telling you what's going right. to happen in your future. <laughs> I just remember I- getting confused. Like, how many times do I fold it? Which flap do I open? This is so confusing. I just want to know what I'm going to do when I grow up. <laughs> See, that's what I, I've, I always had an irrational fear of those kind of things. Because it's like, I, but what if it's the wrong thing? Then I then I have to live with the fact that I'll never get to be happy because I'll never get to be what I want to be in my life because this piece of paper <laughs> says so. I don't ever remember calling them cootie catchers. It is a weird term. Yeah. I, I don't know why it's called that, but that's what I remember them being called at least i don't have a better name for them though if there was a name for them i don't remember i either heard fortune tellers uh-huh. or cootie catchers yeah yeah i think fortune tellers may have been something we said but i i don't remember having another name yeah yeah and i always I, I always feel like there was like a secret like middle school kid who knew how to make them yeah like, like a dealer. source like who where did that information come source. from who stored it and why wasn't I party to it? Like I was never, nobody ever taught me how to do that or to make the little paper footballs so you could play football at yeah, your desk. Yeah, I not how to do that either. Those old triangle footballs? Yeah. I don't know how to make those. Yeah, I always remember like there was the one girl in my class like sat in the back corner and like just had stacks of notebook paper on her desk and you just <laughs> go up to her and be like, I want one and she'd be like, what colors do you want? Just, like give her the four colors and she'll be like, I'll have it to you by the end of math. <laughs> And like you walk out of class and she slides deal. it to you. <laughs> Meet me in the last stall of the girls' bathroom. <laughs> There's one of those every year in elementary school. 
did she monetize it did she make you pay probably and again that <laughs> became an online thing like there was always an online version you could go on it's like click it and it would fold it open and close for you it'll be two twizzlers and one box of nerds <laughs> oh, no. i'll give you a cootie catcher <laughs> do you have any airheads one of those will do slip i slip an extra airhead and i'll make all the answers positive but i won't tell you they're all positive you'll just think you're having a good day <laughs> Uh, now I want to talk more about telling the future, but before I do that, Hey Riley, let's check the group message. Let's do that. What do we got this week? Uh, this week still buffering is sponsored in part by HelloFresh, which is a meal kit delivery service dedicated to making cooking fun, easy, and convenient. Now we have all been lucky enough to try out HelloFresh. And yes. it was indeed all those things. It was. You get these nice little meal kits, mm -hmm. easy to follow instructions. It's fun to do with They come family. in their own little boxes, come yeah. in a little booklet of instructions. Very nice. Exactly. Everything was very yummy. It was very easy to do mm -hmm. in, a, in a short period of time. And Riley, I think it's a cool thing for you, like as a teenager, mm -hmm. to like learn about cooking. It was because I enjoy cooking, but I always have a hard time finding recipes like on Pinterest that are too hard to follow and that will never turn out right. Mm -hmm. But this was very easy step by step. And I made it for me and mom and dad. And we all ate it and we all enjoyed it. And Tay, you even had some luck. You're you are living the vegan lifestyle, mm -hmm. and you oh, were yeah. still able to kind of uh, use the recipes for your for your meal ends. <laughs> yeah, well, they were uh, they were all very very like vegetable and grain focused. Like there might be a cheese component or a dairy component, but it was not really like essential to the meal. And I thought it was cool that it was so much like veggie based like stuff. And the produce that they send you is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I feel like there are people in in the world that get really excited about a good avocado, and and I'm one of those people. <laughs> and they sent you a good avocado, huh? They they almost sent me too good of a, an avocado. I think it set the bar too high for all, <laughs> for all avocados. avocados. Yeah, <laughs> like now now every avocado I see at my bodega, I'm like, no, just no. <laughs> Well, uh, each week, HelloFresh will create delicious new recipes and with step-by-step -step instructions and send them straight to your door. They take about 30 minutes. Even novices like Riley, who doesn't like cook me. much, yeah, can I made do it. All by myself. To, to seasoned home cooks like Taylor. There's yeah. the gamut. <laughs> and they're all delivered to your doorstep in a special insulated box for free. And hey, guess what we have for you? What do we have? We have a special promo code. Well, let's share it. Well, for $35, $35 off your first week of deliveries, visit HelloFresh.com and enter the promo code STILLBUFFERING when you subscribe. So go check it out. That's HelloFresh.com, promo code STILLBUFFERING. $35 off. All right. Nice. Now, I don't think we went back and mentioned the most um, classic method of telling the future. What was that? Which is, of course, the Magic 8-Ball. Mm, I never yeah. had one of those. I mean, they predate us, too. Yeah. I mean, Magic 8-Balls were around even before we were kids, yeah. of course. So I can see it being an outdated mode of fortune-telling technology for you in your in your land of Barbie mash. You're going to laugh at me, and y'all are going to think this is ridiculous. But I remember when I first got my very first like iPhone, I think, I was probably 12 or 13. And one of the apps that all my friends told me I had to get was the 8-Ball app. And you shook your phone. And we all thought it was crazy. You could shake your phone and something would happen on the screen. So you shake your phone and then the 8-Ball shakes and tells you what your answer is. <laughs> not even kidding. 
Um, I mean, I could see being into that because like I, I, you know, what's actually sad as a, as now as an adult. No, when I was a teenager. Oh, okay. now. <laughs> Do you still rely on your magic eight ball for answers? Well, sometimes I wish I had something like that, but no, I, I remember thinking that magic eight balls were super cool and not having one and being envious. And I don't mm. know why I felt like it was out of my, like the scope of possibilities that I could own one. Yeah. Like, I don't know why I didn't just like, you know, if you would have told mom, like, hey, it. can I have a magic eight ball? She'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> that seems like a relatively cheap Christmas present. Yeah. If I just said like, also, I want a magic eight ball. I probably could have yeah. obtained one. Uncle Michael had one and I was jealous. Do you like ask him to borrow it? <laughs> no. Like, hey, I have a really important question. Can I just like scoop that for a sec? I always remember, Taylor, do you remember the classic story of Uncle Michael and the Magic 8-Ball? Scampy Mike is who we're Oh, playing. I think, I, uh, maybe. We were playing, we were, we were staying at Uncle Mike's house when he had, <sighs> he had moved down to the beach. He was living down in Florida on the beach and we were staying there in the summer, um, and we were all up late and we were playing Monopoly and Michael was in law school at the time and had a big paper, I think, due the next day. Something like that. And he uh, knew he needed to go work on his paper, but he was having a lot of fun playing Monopoly with us. And he said, hold on, wait, I got it. And he left the room and came back with a magic eight ball and said, am I going to finish my paper before tomorrow? <laughs> and flipped it over and it said, signs point to yes, we're good. And he kept playing Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> Did he finish his paper? I mean, Signs point to yes. <laughs> I don't know. He finished law school. So. I was going to say he's yeah. a lawyer now. So. He's a lawyer now. It worked out. It yeah. all works out in the end. Signs point to yes. So that's mm. okay. Wish that, I had that. that. The other problem with the Magic 8 Ball is that sometimes it would get stuck on the same answer and you really had to shake it. Mm. Otherwise, you just like don't ask it any questions you don't want to know to because it's just going to give you a no for the next few. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I always did is I'd always have a question like, does this boy like me back? And then I'd shake my phone and like try to get an answer. My friends would be sitting there with me at a sleepover and it'd be like, mm, probably not. And I'm like, mm, let me try again. Let me try again. And I shake it again. And it's like signs point to no. It's like, let me just one more time, one more time, one more time. And it was like, <laughs> definitely not. It's like, okay, I, I hate this eight ball. Never mind. This doesn't mean anything. Well, that's like the, uh, the pop tab one, you know, yeah. where you like go back and forth through the alphabet and you know, the letter that it comes off on is the first letter of the name of the person you'll end up with. Like, hey, we, I knew about how many times it took and how hard you had to pull to get it to come off on the one yeah. I wanted it to, you know? Exactly. There's exactly. also the apple one where you would take the stem of your apple and like twist it as many times going through the alphabet. And then whatever it snapped off would be the letter of the name of the first or the person you're going to marry uh-huh. um and i always remember i would always trick my friends because like i knew what letter i wanted so like i'd twist it off and like i'd feel it break within the first few but i just like leave my hand there like the stem was still on <laughs> and then just like pull it off on the letter and be like oh look at that it came up with the letter i wanted yay i i i would do that with the pop tabs too i knew mm-hmm. exactly and they're, like, they're not that hard to jerk off once you've been kind of like yeah moving them back and forth like you can just yank it right off there no but um, there was that, that worry of, of falling in love with someone with the letter A at the start of their name. Oh, yeah, man. there was that, no yeah. chance. No, you, or, you, or you had to make it last through the whole alphabet and, and come back And start around. over. That was hard. Or yeah. you had to like prime it ahead of time, like have, <laughs> have a can of soda and you had it all ready to just barely fall, like, like it's ready to fall off and then like trick somebody into like, hmm, see that can of soda? I think I'm going to do the pop tab thing. And it's like, <laughs> hey, oh, it was on an A. It must because, be meant to be. Because you need a witness or it's not real. No, it's true. <laughs> I used to... Um, my pop tab came off 
I remember one on, uh, I mean, many did, but one in particular came off on the letter that I wanted it to of the guy that I was crushing on. And I put it on a necklace and wore it. Do you remember this, Taylor? Uh, yeah, because I did that too, inspired by you. I wore it until I got my first kiss. I decided it was representative of my first kiss and I would wear it until that happened. How weird and did it? How weird with the was person I? that the pop tab represented? No. Oh. But I did take it off my necklace after I'd had my first kiss. I don't that, I, how weird was I? Why did I do that? No, but that that wasn't weird. That was a thing that we did though. Like was I remember girls thing? having lots of those. Like you'd save your pop tabs that came up on the names you wanted the the good letters, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and you'd, you'd weave them you'd weave them into jewelry or like yeah, put them on a necklace. Yeah. I don't think you were the only one doing that. I think yeah. that other people might have. I will say I would save my mash papers. Like if I got one I really liked, like, oh man, it landed on this person. I'm going to be a cool job and I'm going to have the mansion. Like I'd save it and like put it in my diary, like right in the front pocket. Be like, I'm going to save this for when I'm a grown up and reference back to this when my life turns out great. (laughs) I kept my pop tab after I took it off my necklace. I put it in a jewelry box and had it for a very embarrassingly long time before I was like I think I'll throw away Probably I'm like a married this. woman I think I'll throw away this pop tab about my first kiss Aww. I will no. say this it was the letter was J was so. it mm. maybe the pop tabs go. were right mm. that's all I'm saying there was also the weird in, in weird future prediction things do you remember the thing where you would put your thumb and is it your middle finger around your wrist? I think wrist? your middle finger because it's your longest finger. Yeah. Uh, and you would put it like around your wrist and like space. And as you move it, like however many times you could move it up your arm and put it around your wrist with how many kids you're going to have. I'm doing it. As, I am I'm, too. Like, demonstrating. Again, not perfect science. Oh. No, because there was no like how far do you move it each time? Like the exact width of your finger. I remember some friends would like barely move it. Be like, oh, wow, look at that. I'm going to have five kids. And some kids would be like, oh, I only fit it around once. <laughs> And I don't know, again, it's weird because it, it almost implies that as teenagers, we think we don't have control over some things. Yeah. Like that there's a magical, like, I mean, you have power to decide things like child rearing. Yeah. Pets. If you're going to have a chameleon. You're gonna, <laughs> if you're going to have a chameleon. <laughs> These are within the scope of your, I mean, now, but I mean, maybe not your, not when you're a teenager, you feel like there's not like. I mean, you can't get a chameleon unless your parents let you, so. Yeah. I feel like you think when you're a teenager that, like, someday I'm going to have a spouse and I'm going to be living in a perfect house and I'm going to have all of these kids and I'm going to have my favorite pet ever. I'm going to have a chameleon. (laughs) And, and like, you think it's going to happen someday, but you don't know how, you don't know when. You just, like, know it's going to happen someday, so you want someone to tell you, like, what it's going to be like. Yeah, it's true. It is definitely, like, there's a... Your future is a great unknown, and it does kind of feel like the the things that you want are, you can't manifest them on your own, you know? I mean, like, when you're an adult, it's like, I don't know, I, I think we lose that interest in the need to for, for divination, because it's more like, if the things I want, I'll pursue, and I will work towards, and then right. I'll accept when I do not think they'll ever come into my life as well, but, like, when you're a kid, it's just the whole entire universe is open and in front of you. That's a good point. It it does feel like there's a magical quality to whatever is going to happen to you because mm-hmm. it seems so out of your reach. And it, and I will say this. I think part of why the I didn't play those games a lot. Like I was familiar with MASH and the, I guess, the cootie catchers and all those things. And I didn't do them a lot because I at least knew enough that those weren't my, like, well, I didn't think at the time those were my dreams. 
I, I never, you know, I didn't, I didn't necessarily think about like marriage and kids and a house. Like I pictured myself like sailing around on a boat alone. I don't know. I doing, mean, you doing your, whatever people do. Your on a ex boat employers alone. at a restaurant here in Huntington think that's what you were doing. That's yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> I pictured that fantasy. I pretended to live it. Decided otherwise. But I mean, like those you were happen my. To be here manager at that uh, certain restaurant in, in Huntington, West Virginia. Don't worry, she's Skyping in right now from the sea. <laughs> from, <laughs> from the sea where I definitely live. It was really just a riverboat too, but <laughs> but that, no, that really was like, I think that was part of the problem is like, we talk about things like, I don't want any of these things. I want my home to be the world. <laughs> One of those. <laughs> that, well, that's what I used to, to think. And so I, the games I didn't think were as applicable. Maybe this is a little bit of a downer, but I also feel like when you're a teenager, you experience a lot of emotions because you got all those hormones. You experience a lot of emotions in the course of basically one day as a teenager. Um, but you can t- get down about relationships because you're like young and like you like you like people. And they don't like you back. So you get down about it. So like you think about like one day I'm going to have the perfect life and someone's going to love me and I'm going to be in a relationship and it's going to be great. Like, yeah, you think about like, I know this is bad now, but someday it won't be. <laughs> And a lot of it is informed by, certainly by media. Like yeah. if you think about like the movies and TV shows aimed at teenagers, it it can have like a magical feel to it. That yeah. like you're drifting along and all of a sudden you stumble into this amazing relationship, job opportunity, adventure, mm-hmm. whatever, fill in the mm-hmm. blank, whatever it is that you're, you're desiring, you're hoping for. And it has that kind of quality to it. Mm-hmm. So, And that that's the other thing we kind of really haven't talked about yet is that because, and I think a lot of this for me and Taylor and Riley, you probably will say similar things, but I, I do not think this is unique to us because mom was so into some of the, you know, like astrology and the Zodiac and those kinds of things. And we, as a result, were into them too. When we were younger, she also kind of led me to be a little more interested in like, I don't know, I tried to do a lot of love spells when I was younger. Uh-huh. Like not the that, one from Practical Magic? Not uh-huh. that, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Not that mom sanctioned it or told me I should or in any way like led me to believe that this is, you know, obviously this was not Wicca or any actual, you know, practice that right. I was doing. Like, I, I don't want, I don't want to mislead you. I'm not, I'm not disparaging that because I wasn't doing anything like that. Right. I was doing weird things that I saw in movies Mm -hmm. and then things that I just kind of made up Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it seemed like I may as well do that. I was never going to talk to any of the guys I was into, so I might as well cast spells. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got super into all that. And I mean, I was my, I think it was my age group, my circle of friends specifically, we were obsessed with the movie, the craft. (laughs) Yeah. That's like, I remember doing the, like the, that, the light of the light is the feather sip is a board because of that but like also like the like the whatever glamour with the rose petal that they do in that like i'm doing that with my friends and i i don't know i mean i think that there's there's a kind of a at least in my in my circle of friends and with me personally as as a, a teenager like to try to harness some sort of power beyond yourself I, you, you want to believe that there's something else that yeah. can help mm-hmm. you and guide you that it's not just you. 
Exactly. No, I mean, and that's what I would think. I would think like I could look out my window at night and cast love spells and be sending like vibes out into the universe to make things happen with some power that, and I mean, that's like a nice thing to think about that you have some sort of power that you can't see and that cannot be measured by the traditional teenage measures of success, like how many friends you have and what your grades are and how many sports you play. And if you got an award in something, you know, I mean, like all those things where in some arenas I was doing okay and many arenas I felt that I was failing. It was nice to think like, but inside I have this power and none of you know about it. Mm -hmm. I remember, uh, yeah, in middle school, I went to a private school for my first year of middle school. So there are only like seven or eight girls total in my entire grade. And we all read the same series of books. Like I think they're called the house of night books. There are a ton of them, but they're about a school for vampires and all the vampires in this book have like, and they're teen vampires, obviously. Um, but they have like a certain affiliation with either like earth or air, or fire or water. And we all designated a character from the book to each of us. And we had a Halloween party once and we all went outside in one of our friend's yards and like tried to do one of the spells from the book and like put us all in a circle and like lit candles. (laughs) We're like, this is going to work. (laughs) It didn't work. But we thought we were, we thought we were going to discover it that night that we all were secretly like vampire earthbenders. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I know what you mean. Like the kind of magical thinking that you can, I don't know, have... And I, I would love to say as a child, but I think I still have some of it today where I have to remind myself, like, hey, you're an adult brain. <laughs> That's not how the world works. And you know this. Um, but, like, I was absolutely certain that before the age of 14, a cat was going to come tell me I was Sailor Moon. And then when that, that didn't happen, I was like, all right, well then, but I've got until, like, 15 to fall into a book a la Fushigi Yugi and be a magical girl that way. It'll, it'll happen. I just, maybe that's, that's a different way. I don't know. I understand because it was very disappointing to me when I was in my first year of medical school is the first time I picked up a Harry Potter book and I was like, well, I already know it's too late for me. Yeah. <laughs> I remember being very I'm, disappointed I'm past 11. that I never got my Hogwarts letter. <laughs> I still think it's coming. It's in the mail somewhere. I just got lost. You're going to be a little older than the other students. I'll, I'll catch up. <laughs> it, this is a weird reference, but uh, uh, you remember the movie The Last Unicorn? Yeah. I don't know if you ever saw it right. It was probably my all-time favorite movie as a as a young girl there's like the old the old lady that helps him out like the kind of haggardly older woman Uh when she first sees the unicorn she says why do you come to me now like why not when i was a young maid yeah still still feel that kind of like it'll happen and that's that's (laughs) (laughs) no but i think that's very true that all of these things i mean especially those things we were talking about, like using spells from movies and TV shows and books and trying to think you were like certain characters or stuff like that. But the other games too, like MASH and the Cootie Catchers was trying to believe that there was something else that was like influencing how our lives are going to turn out and like how we behaved and like what was going to happen to us Mm -hmm. because so many things happen when you're a teenager, like so many things change and like people change. You just want to believe that something else is like, controlling everything that's happening in a good way like you want to believe that like this mash game is going to determine that even though life is awful now one day i'm going to live in a mansion (laughs) and have a pet chameleon (laughs) it's not all bad it's also kind of a lazy impulse because it's like i don't really have to do anything this mash game said it will (laughs) it will work out i was trying to go for the more meaningful answer (laughs) but you know like it's if, if you actually could like actually get real answers in that form 
somebody could come to you, like, you know, the, the most magical 12-year-old whatever could come to you at that point in your life and be like, no, mine work for real. You'll know 100%. Would you want to do it? Because I definitely wouldn't. <laughs> no. Mm. No, because that's, especially if it's risky if it's MASH. Yeah, it is risky yeah. if it's MASH. You have, like, a one in five chance, really, because you only want one of them, and you're probably not going to get every single one that you want. That's not great. And then you're stuck with a chameleon you didn't want. Yeah, or maybe you want a chameleon. <laughs> maybe you're stuck know. with a dog. I don't know. Well, that would be... I'm not a dog person. I would prefer a cat. I so. prefer a cat. Although, I, I think in the grand scheme of tragedies, getting stuck with a dog probably isn't the worst thing that could happen to yeah, me. Yeah, like, I'd rather I'd... get stuck with a dog <laughs> than, like, land on, like, the shack option. Hey, what if you want to live in a shack? Or, like, maybe you want to live to in live a in a shack on the beach. But, like, the I, I way would sail did, my boat to it, the, way the they, boat that I live the on. The way they depicted the shack in Barbie Mash was, like, a house <laughs> that was obviously not able to be lived in. <laughs> okay. Well, I didn't play Barbie Mash, so I don't know. I did. <laughs> um. At the age of 12, I learned I was to be a ballerina that lives in a shack with a chameleon. <laughs> <laughs> it was so like Rapunzel. Yeah, we were Rapunzel. Okay, it is, and, and you know it's interesting because it, 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 I talk a lot about the concept of your locus of control. Um, it's important to believe that you have an internal locus of control that like your life is within your hands, and that you can take steps to if you're in a situation that makes you unhappy to try to fix it, improve it, do something. You can't do everything, but you can do things to try to make things better. And it's important to try to take control of that. Um, I guess it's the same thing as like captain of your fate, master of your destiny, that kind of thing. But mm -hmm. if you if you have too much of an external locus of control, which I think we do a lot as teenagers, it's you just do. You feel like you're at the whims of the universe. You're just being tossed about in the seas of destiny and you're hoping you land somewhere that makes you happy. And it, and I think part of the process for me was college for everybody. It's a different thing. But for me, it was college was when I realized like, Oh, this is up to me. Like I could, I can have things I want. I have to grab a hold and make it happen. And it's going to be really hard and I might not get everything, but if I work really hard, I could get some things. And I think you realize that when you're an adult or like a late in your late teenage years and you're actually starting to make decisions for yourself. I think when you're like middle school, like just like, first years of being a teenager like 13 14 you feel kind of helpless like a lot of things are happening you don't have control over so this is like the one thing that like i don't have control over this either but maybe it'll turn out fine like i don't have control over anything i don't have control over how my life's going to turn out so let's at least see how it's going to turn out so i can just know <laughs> ahead of time like prepare myself well you know, it, it, it's interesting because it, one form of, of this sort of divination that we haven't talked about, um, and it, we can't not because we're doing this for mom, is uh, tarot cards. Yes. And and that's such an interesting kind of, it's in the same family of all this stuff, but it's also so psychological, you know? Yeah. Like, I think I still like any time that there's a tarot card reading available, I'm all for them because I think it's that it's that sort of confronting different possibilities but uh -huh. there's a lot more to it that's like there's there's a lot of symbols that you will see different things in different aspects of your life you need to work on or, or people that you're curious about. But it really tells you a lot more about your own brain than anything else. And I like that, you know, I, th I think you're right. I've, I've watched mom do readings before and I I attempted to do readings back when I was younger, but I was never, I'm just not as, I'm not as naturally um, empathetic and intuitive as mom is. And so mm. I don't, I was never very good at it. But I think 
mom really picks up on the things that the person she's doing a reading for is like wanting to ask about and doesn't necessarily give them answers. I'm not saying she like provides them with magic eight ball style (laughs) solutions, but like gets them to talk about it and think about it and open that up. It's almost sort of like a therapy, almost like a a form Mm -hmm. of kind of a guided spiritual therapy kind of thing when I've watched her do it before. And I mean, People come away with it, like you said, Tay, feeling like they have a better kind of understanding of what's going on in their own head and how they feel or think about something. And maybe that helps them figure out what the next step is they need to take, not just what will happen to them, but what what they will do next. Yeah, I think that's almost the point of like fortune tellers when you're not an adult necessarily, but old enough to where, you know, like mash isn't real and none of those (laughs) things actually matter. But like you're going to someone who's going to tell you about like your life and you're going to someone who thinks they know like what they're talking about, like you're having your cards read. And um, I think it's more like they never give you specific answers like this exact thing is going to happen to you on this exact day. It's more like it gives you areas of your life that you kind of talk about so you can think about it for yourself like you all mm-hmm. were saying like it's not necessarily telling you like this is exactly what you're like but it's more like a way of getting you to think about what maybe other people think of you and changing the way you behave based on that or like what you're not focusing on in your life that maybe you should be focusing on more like what's important to you what's not important to you right and i think that's why you don't really do that kind of stuff when you're younger because you can't think that way but then when you're older I mean, not necessarily an adult, probably like late teenage years towards mm-hmm. that part of your life is really when people look at stuff like that as just a way to better understand yourself. Sure. Oh, and that's, and that's true because, I mean, there is, you know, there is a person that can, that can manifest your future for you, and that's you. And that's, mm. you know, like, mm. ultimately, like you're, you're, the, you're the one making the calls in the cootie catcher. Yeah, that's, that's a right. weird sentence. Um <laughs> Well, no, you're right, because if you're an adult making a cootie catcher, you're going to fill in all of the the good answers, the answers on your own. So, yeah. you know, well, nobody's yeah, right. There's there's no kid sitting in the back of math class who's going to make it for you anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's the cool that's the cool thing I think about there is that it does. It's way it's it's pulling the truths out of you as opposed to pulling them out of the atmosphere. <laughs> right. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. Not my last question is: You guys remember the thing where you rub the daffodil on or the. <laughs> The, not the daffodil, the dandelion, the, the yellow one. This was all you, this Sydney. This was a thing. And okay, it told so you if you liked butter, I think. Wait, do you need a do you need a spell to tell you if you like butter? Can't you just figure that out in yourself? I don't remember. I always feel like everything was into the cool stuff, and I never knew what it was. You, were, I felt like that's a thing that you did to people, and then you'd be like, haha, it looks like pee. And that's what you did. <laughs> Maybe that's what you did. I think it had something to do with butter. I don't remember. I am Why sure do you need a flower to tell you whether or not you like butter? Like if it tells you you don't, are you just going to stop eating it? No, no butter for I me. I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on how much stock you put in these in these signs, Riley. I think when you're little, you put a lot. <laughs> so maybe that's why mom only served us. I can't believe it's not butter for so many years. Did you think <laughs> about that? I mean, that's true. Well, happy birthday, mom. Yeah, happy birthday, mother happy collective. Birthday, mom. We all love you. And we've appreciated all of all of your tarot readings and your uh, zodiac interpretations for us through the years. I will say I am very much interested in the zodiac. I don't know if you all are as much as I am, but I think that's because of Bomb, and it's very interesting and fun. So, thanks, Mom. I wish yes. I could find that sexual astrology book and torture <laughs> Riley with it. That's uh, what I'm I will glad say. you can't. I would it's burn it somewhere. <laughs> 
Uh, thank you, sisters, uh, for joining me again this week. Thank you, listeners. Uh, if you like our show, you can check out a lot of other wonderful shows at MaximumFun.org. It's a wonderful group of podcasts that we are lucky to be, um, of which we are lucky to be a member. One of my grammar to be correct there. Definitely. Uh, if you want us to do a Jumbotron, which would be like a personal ad we could do in the middle of our show for you or somebody you love, you can go to MaximumFun.org forward slash Jumbotron. And, uh, and you can purchase that there, and we will do that for you. You can join our Facebook group, Still Buffering, on Facebook. You can tweet at us at Still Buff. You can email us at stillbuffering at maximumfun.org. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby, You Change Your Mind. This has been Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am a teenager. And, and I, I was too. Hey, good job, guys. Kind of pretty good. Science point two, yes. Science point two, yes. <laughs>